I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Now, I imagine we will fall very much into two different camps here. Some of us who think the Queen and her offspring are the best things since stolen artefacts. The other lot of us, well, perhaps we see it a little bit differently. Now, you know me, I don't like posh people at the best of times. They're far too comfortable for their own good, they've got no trauma to make them interesting, and the drag isn't up to much, dear. I mean, come on, a blue ribbon and a brooch isn't a look, is it, babes? So it should come as no surprise that I'm not a flag-waving royalist. Imperialism, unionism and colonialism aside for a moment, if you can, there's something that doesn't sit right with me. Actually, there's something that makes me feel deeply uncomfortable about a monarchical society that sees some of us grow up on estates and some of us grow up with estates. Oh, and I know what you're thinking. She's an old lady. She's the country's nan. Well, she's not mine. But granted, tradition, however bloody, is apparently more important to some folk than progression. So perhaps, like our energy suppliers, they too could be privatised and they could earn their own keep. Because in a world where families struggle to feed their children, is it right that 86.3 million is given to support just one family? Welcome back to the ATT Pub. I'm Scotty, your landlady of sorts. <laughs> and this, this place is where you are invited to join in, settle disputes, buy each other a bev, or simply eavesdrop the whole thing from the safety of your own table. On today's show, mosher cloves, moustaches, and some fishy fun. You try saying that with your teeth in. <laughs> But before that, I want to make sure that you've hit that subscribe button so every time we publish a new episode, you get a gentle reminder. Anyway, down to real business. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I just thought, do you know what? I thought to myself this week, because, you know, people like doing all the podcasts and all that. I mean, everyone's got a fucking podcast, haven't they? Come on, tell the truth. Everyone and their mother's got a podcast now. So I thought, you know, like, the way that you see people, they do it all fancy, they've got cameras, they're, like, filming in studios, you know, people come a lot, they look so beautiful, so glamorous. I just wanted to give you a sort of an idea of how this one's recorded. I'm currently sat in the sort of mini hallway between bedroom and the bathroom 
on the floor with one of my pillows behind me on a breakfast tray whilst balancing a microphone on a box and I'm having a cup of tea. I just (laughs) want you to know it's not all layers and graces, okay? It's not all glamour. Just in case you were thinking, Scott, he sounds quite glamorous. I'll just take that away from you right now. This is not a glamorous operation in the slightest, okay? Poor Debbie, she's sat in the laundry basket, aren't you, babe? Hey, Scotty. Um, I'm just listening to the podcast while feeding uh, my child, who you can probably hear. You talk about your dad making a shed door out of Kira Knightley's, what was it, planks from her house? My mate Jo listens to this podcast, and Jojo of the Mojo, and I'm sure she's going to call in too, but her dad... Um, yeah, her dad did Kieran, not Kieran, fucking hell, sorry, mum brain or what, did Kate Blanchett's kitchen, so that's her little dad DIY claim to fame, there you go, you can have that one. Oh, hello person, I think you might be new round here, welcome. Now, I feel like I've got more information about your mate Joe than you, yourself. <laughs> here for people recording whilst real life's happening. You know, I'm here sat on the floor with my cup of tea. You're there feeding a baby. It is what it is, isn't it? Now, Kate Blanchett. What has she been in recently? I wonder what happens if you, like, Google Kate Blanchett's kitchen. Because you know there are people out there who like that sort of thing. Oh! It shows you a kid. (laughs) Why is that a thing? Why am I able to see into Kate Blanchett's kitchen? Well, apparently it's her dream home. Who would have thought about it? Well, there you go. Yes, and my dad did do Kira Knightley's. It's a lovely door. He's done very well, to be fair. He made it into a lovely door. So, yeah, any more celebrity claim to fames of the DIY variety? And knowing this podcast, I know someone's going to call out and be like, oh, I had a shit in... Deborah Meaden's toilet. You know, I just know. I just know where this is going to go, you know. Or, oh, I had a bag of chips with Paul O'Grady. You know, any of that sort of low-level celebrity story, very much here for. Hello, Scotty. Hi, producer Deb. Hi, all the After the Tone crew and everybody here sitting in the After the Tone pub. It is I, Miss Annabelle Sings. Scotty, I challenge you to anachronomize this. That's a word. Long-time listener, not a first-time caller, but with a bit of a long gap in between because, you know, life took over. But back listening regularly now and loving it. Can I have that on a badge, please? Thanks. So, as I sit here listening, nursing myself a fizzy water in the corner, I uh, look around the pub and I listen and I just, all the gorgeous conversations, the deep conversations, the frothy conversations, you know, just the general vibes of the pub. And I skip back into the roller decks of my memory mind. And uh, Scotty and I used to, many hundreds of years ago, sit in pubs together and cackle and laugh and all that when we were doing shows and whatnot. And, um, We would always play games. So I want to introduce some games to the pub. And this one is the one I'm going to kick off with. Let's play Celebrity into Fish. I'll kick off with a few examples, which were some of our favourites. Of course, Nicola Sturgeon. Of course, Tuna Turner. But this one, I remember, got us cackling for many a minute. And it was Clam Boleyn and King Prawn Henry VIII. So putting that out to the After the Tone pub, let's hear your best. Yeah, toodaloo. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, I find it so perturbing when people I know from Yonks go call. <laughs> it's so revealing. I'm like, oh God, you make me look even more crazy than I am. 
<laughs> Hello, Miss Annabelle Sings. No, you can't have a fucking badge. Go fuck yourself. Now, this is a great game. I'm a big fan of it. And I don't want to ruin it for anybody. But if you've got... <laughs> if you've got a fish into celebrity... Pun? Is it pun? Just fucking call up if you have got a funny celebrity that's actually a fish. You know? Thanks. <laughs> that's me. I'm sat here now. That's the, the beauty and the horror of this game. Is that what happens is you sort of just sit here and you go... Squid. 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 Squid Owen. Squid Owen. Squid Owen. You just sit here. It becomes quite boring. Salmon Smith. <laughs> okay, if you feel like you can join in this game, please do. Or don't, you know. No one's going to die. <laughs> Hi, After the Tone crew. Hi, Scotty. I It's Kate here. I rang 100,000 years ago and have been doing some catching up because I've been a bit off the grid recently. And just wanted to ring because when I last phoned in, I was saying... How I was like fat and mad, and so probably fit in quite well. But also turns out now that I am in fact fat, mad, and non-binary. So, yeah, the listening to after the tone to questioning your gender identity pipeline remains very strong. So thanks to all the great non-binary people on this podcast who probably helped nudge me towards that. Um, also, yeah, I saw your thing about CPTSD diagnosis. Welcome to the crew. I'm finally getting some NHS treatment for mine after a two and a half year wait list, which is pretty crazy. So I'm going to be starting EMDR soon. So yeah, if there's anyone else in the PTSD slash CPTSD crew, um, I don't know many other people with it, so I'd love to know how you guys are doing and... Any wisdom would be much appreciated. Love you all. Bye. Well, Kate, I think let's start as we mean to go on. Any wisdom, you're in the wrong fucking place, babe. Do you know what I mean? You want to go to a place where people know what they're on about. Not here. Not clue. Not even me. I mean, I know I like to pretend, but I haven't got the fucking fog. I'm making this all up as I go along. Oh, yeah. Some people think it's scripted. Oh, no. I am just genuinely quite entertained by talking to myself in a hallway. So, you know, let's just remember that. Um, Firstly... Please, everybody, take your time. There's no rush to call. You know, I'm just fucking sat here waiting for everyone to fucking put in a phone call. Thank you very much. I really like... <laughs> I do like... You know, it's fat and mad, so I really fit in. No, I'm fat, mad and non-binary, so I really fit in. I'm sort of paraphrasing. You didn't say that, but that's how I took that to be. And I love that. Welcome. Absolutely welcome. It sort of made me think, yeah, because I've, like, joined this new CPTSD circle... I wondered, do I get a badge? You know, like, what happens? Is it a certificate? Is it, like, a sew-on thing for your swimming kit? And then you mentioned the words EMDR. And I was thinking about all of these different letters that they give you. And why do they all sound like niche genres of, like, health music or industria? Maybe there's an overlap here. Maybe I'm onto something. Hi, Scotty and everyone else who worked so hard to pull together this fabulous show. I just want to say, Scotty, I saw you in the wild in Manchester yesterday, Sunday, and um, I I got all excited. I was like, oh, Scotty, and I think Matty was with you. And I debated going over and saying hiya, and then I was like, 
no, because, he, you know, you're just trying to live your life. And I smelt really bad because I'd done the, the Great Manchester Run. And we, it was a really busy, like, tram stop. And then I just sort of heard the sound that just, it's a terrifying sound to me. The men in the football chanting that I couldn't see where they were. I could just hear them just the nonsense noise that comes from that large group of people because it was just before the Man City game and then I could see like smoke coming out of a tram and I was just like I just want to go home and I didn't know what was going on there so like smoke bombs coming off and I just I was just wondering how how you felt because I hate being in the city centre when there's a football match on but I just because I'd just done the Manchester run the sense of community and spirit and loveliness that was in that side of town and then I'd walked through town to go home and then suddenly I was in this completely different area with a completely different spirit and it was just not a spirit I wanted to be a part of and I just yeah I just was wondering what your thoughts were and how you felt because I, I find Manchester incredibly threatening when there's those large groups of people squished into small areas and also ask like would you want to be approached? I know you've mentioned it a couple of times, but like, if you just live in your life, I feel bad for interrupting your day. So, thanks. Oh, hi, person. First off, what a lovely moment there that you acknowledged all the labour that goes into this. Yes, there are many a person that twiddles with the knobs. Steady, Debbie. Debbie got all excited there um, to make this happen. So, hello to Debbie, Tim, Myra and Kat. They are listening. They fucking listen to everything I do. I can't get a minute's fucking peace. Now, let's put this out there. I'm not fucking Judy Dench. Do you know what I mean? If you see me in real life, I am literally just that common fat old queen that lives down the road. So, lives down the road? <laughs> I said that in such a glamorous way. That lives down the road. Um, so, please do. Honestly, I love having chats with you. And you can always tell somebody that listens to ATT. Because <laughs> they approach quite nervously. Because I tell you what, we are quite... <laughs> we're quite a mental bunch of people, aren't we? But please, if you do see me in the real life, I love nothing more, as you can hear from this, I love nothing more than waffling, having a gossip. I'll ask you about your life. Do you know what I mean? I'm more to, it's going to be the situation here, whereas you're going to have to say to me, I'm sorry, I've got to go, I've got to do something. <laughs> um, yes, I do remember this moment quite vividly, actually, because, like you, I found it very deeply uncomfortable. I was on a tram, going around my business. I was with a different friend, actually. I was with a friend called Cow. I wasn't with a friend called Matty, but, you know, all fat people look the same to you, don't they? <laughs> Bless you. No, easily mistake, easily mistake to make. Now, we were just being to that there big shopping centre to the other end of the city, just because I fancied having a nose about and seeing like what real life people do, and came into Piccadilly, that's the main city centre area for everybody who's like, I haven't got a fucking clue what this local conversation's about. And the tram pulled in, and what they do is, because the tram takes both teams home and away to this stadium in the other end of town, they have, like, a load of people on the platform. Essentially, like, whatever colour you're wearing, you get put into a different carriage. Now, well, this is the first time I experienced it. I'm trying to get off the train whilst all these people are having, like, some, like, shouting match. The thing that I felt okay with was the fact that I was, like, I just wasn't a part of it. They were so in their own world. They were so about each other that, for once, walking past a group of very straight, very aggressive, very drunk 
very handsome, very beautiful. <laughs> so annoying. I hate, I fancy them so much. I just wish that I didn't like them. I wish that I just hated them. It would make it so much more simpler. But unfortunately, I hate and fancy them. Ugh, so annoyed by that. Because I, for once, I wasn't the subject of them. They were the subject of each other. I thought, I feel completely invisible for once. And what I found really deeply sort of hilarious was watching, like, men my dad's age be like, come on, let's have a fight. And I was just like, is that really where this is at? Because they're wearing a different coloured t-shirt to you. Like, I don't like you. Oh, I've, do you know what? There's part of me that left that situation thinking, God, masculinity's embarrassing, isn't it? <laughs> I think before that moment, me and my friend Cal were saying, like, that was kind of hilarious. So, yeah, it is what it is. But would I prefer it not to happen? Absolutely. Can't they just get their own coaches up there? Can't we just have public transport? Is there not just one place where we can escape toxic masculinity? Don't write in about that, please, because I ain't got time. <laughs> Hola, Scotty, Debbie, Maya, y todos aquí en Después del Tono. Hello, everyone at After the Tone. Had a couple of thoughts, really, after listening to um, today's episode. I've noticed the young people, when I mean young people, I mean those in their early 20s and teenagers, because I'm in my 30s and apparently and I'm becoming an old millennial very quickly. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, I've noticed that the, the mosher clothes from the noughties, you know, the, the big baggy jeans, that the, the criminal damage trousers, I think they were called, and the chains and the the eyeliner and the black nails, yeah, it's all coming back into fashion now and it makes me so, so happy, especially since I I love those trousers. I still have a pair of my baggy mosher jeans. I also remember, God, wearing them out when the weather was bad and it just, just soak up all of the water of the pavement. <laughs> and yeah, and it just it just makes me so happy that it's coming back into vogue and it just shows that fashion is a cyclical, isn't it? I've also noticed that the the moustache is also making a comeback as well. And I don't mean the hipster moustache, you know, the big honking things that, you know, are trimmed and sculpted and, you know, very proper. I mean the dad-tash, the sort of thing that you'd see on a 90s or 80s gay porno. <laughs> the dad-tash's bag. I'm not entirely sure how to feel about that. <laughs> but yeah, mosher clothes, big win. Hola, ¿cómo te llamo? Ticho? I think it's Ticho. Hi, I think that's you. It's weird, isn't it? Debbie always says this, that I'm quite detectory about people's voices. Because it's the only thing I've got to go by, you know. I don't know what you all look like. So if I hear a sound again, I'm like racking through the Filofax brain of being like season four, episode nine. <laughs> it's a skill in some parts of the world, I'm sure. Now... These 90s children, yes, it has become very much of a thing, hasn't it? Oh, I caught myself the other day. I went in to go develop some film. Oh, yeah, because I'm an artist, by the way. Yeah, I was just developing some 35 mil. Clearly an artist living in 1975. And this person, child, child. You know, I've got to the age where anyone under, like, 10 years younger than me is a child. And it's my way of dealing with being closer to 40 than anything else. So this child 
observes me and I just could not stop looking at what this child was wearing because I was just like, you look like I did when I was 15. <laughs> I was having an out-of-body experience. But the thing which I kind of find bizarre about it is it's more authentic than when we were doing it. <laughs> it's more spot on. It's more. It's just better. And I don't know how they've done it better when they weren't there. And also, it's really perturbing that to them, that's vintage. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's just clothes that I wore. <laughs> so it's a sign of getting older as well, isn't it, teacher? I'm sorry if you're not teacher, but we, we're, going, <laughs> we're going with it. When you were saying there about moustaches, the moustache coming back, and that being, you know, sort of referential of gay porn from the 80s and 90s, I was like, well, I wouldn't know, would I? <laughs> Give over. I've got one myself. Right. I think we're officially going to have a little moment of silence. Well, I say silence. I mean slurpage because I am gasping for a little bit of this tea. Oh, my God. That's hideous. It's gone cold. There's nothing more disappointing than a cold cup of tea, is there? You know, when it's gone beyond cold, you know, because there's there's cold. Oh, my tea's cold, but still drink it. And then there's cold, cold, isn't there? I mean, if anyone's got any thoughts on that. you know what to do. Coming up, Lou from Melbourne pops in, how to keep the devil at bay and a very special caller. (gasps) Debbie, that's a bit um, auspicious. Is that a word? Auspicious? I'll say these words and I clearly don't know what they mean because I can't say them properly either. So there's that. Before (laughs) any of that, we are halfway through season seven. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Halfway through this already. So, if there's something you've been meaning to tell us, if you want to respond to one of the calls this season, if you've got some thoughts on 90s fashion... Oh, am I brewing a burp? (sighs) Why is it the tea does that to me? (laughs) Now is your moment to pick up the phone, you lazy bastard. So, send us a voice note using the WhatsApp to this number. 0788-200... 3420. As ever, we'd really appreciate you joining our Patreon. For the price of a fancy coffee a month, you can help us keep this going. And in exchange, we will provide you with backstage gossip, polls, show notes, and exclusive content. Patreon.com forward slash after the tone. And remember, if you want to get some gorge content over on our socials. Just search after the tone P-O-D and we'd love to see you there. That's sort of. I mean, I don't care. I don't run it. <laughs> it's time for your favourite mine. It's time for the DM, DM slide. slide. Our DMs on socials are open for those moments you'd like to share, but you just can't put your voice to for one reason or another. This one came through our Instagram and says, I've cut my sister out. 20 years of her toxicity and narcissistic bullshit and I'm finally free from her. I feel better for it. If you want to DM slide us, find us on Instagram or Twitter and send us a message and get something off your chest. Hi, Scotty, producer Deb, Kat, Tim and Maya. It's uh, Melman Lou calling. I am currently in Blighty, so I've been here for nine days currently in the south and i'm getting ready for my brother's wedding so i'm super super excited just calling in regards to one of the previous episodes around uh fatness and you know what the quote normal (laughs) people feel like and i've always been pretty 
kind of slim, size 10, I'm quite tall. And pre-diabetes diagnosis, I was really skinny. I was really sick, so I was skin and bone, so I was probably a size 6. And now I am, you know, top end sizes, 14, maybe 16. I don't know. I haven't tried to go shopping and I'm a little bit too scared to find out the size that I'm going to be, which I also know is ridiculous because my body is now healthy and working. Now I'm on insulin. But yeah, it's really kind of strange to be in a bigger body. I just was on a trip last week to Greece with my best friend and I was on an easy jet flight and... I went to use the bathroom and the toilet, the cubicle was fucking tiny, as in I was touching the sides and I was very claustrophobic and I was just could not get over how tiny it was. I could fit in the seat, but I was on the edge. I wouldn't class myself as fat. I'm, st- I'm struggling and unpacking this, you know, feeling fat and being bigger and the biggest I've ever been, but conscious that I can still move around day-to-day life and not struggle but I was shocked at how small these things were and I just kind of had a bit of a reality check of you know not being fat and what fat people do go through I just think yes I have a disability now but fuck this world is fucking ableist isn't it but so fucking hard if you don't fit into like a nice little neat box so that's been kind of a weird realization Oh, hello, Luke from Melbourne. Now, you didn't tell us you were over for a wedding. Oh, that sounds fancy. Oh, I hope there's nice gifts. I think all weddings, they should give you things for going because it costs you so much fucking money. Like, I know you're supposed to give them a gift, but I think it should be the other way around. I don't don't want a box of fucking, like, sweets. No, give me something meaningful. I think wedding guests should club together and put together their own wedding list presents things and make the couple who, you know, fine, if that's the sort of thing that you think's interesting to do with your life and your money. I think they should give us gifts. Anyway, don't mean to take the shine off this lovely family event for you. I didn't have you down as a tool. You don't sound like a tool, do you? (laughs) There's a game going on on the internet at the moment. Maybe people want to guess my height. Not you who saw me in real life, because maybe you'll know. But um, as as if someone will know from staring at me from afar. But there's a game on the internet where people are guessing each other's height. It's, It's amazing. Well, I mean, you know, simple pleasures, right? Now, this is very interesting, because when you were describing the numbers, which is something we tend try not to do in ED recovery, that's eating disorder recovery, or trying to detoxify the world from sort of diet culture. It is just a number. It is just like, this is the version that you wear. And so really do try and take away some of that sting for yourself, because it is just a number. You know, like if they give you a 24 in the queue for, I don't know, the post office, I don't know where you get numbers. You know, they just say, oh, it's 24, and you just go, you just accept the fact it's 24, fine, that's 24, I just do that. And when 24 happens, that's me. That's the way that I deal with it. What I found really interesting is you're having this awakening that a lot of people who I know who have travelled with me or who experience things with me go, I have no idea. And I find it so compelling because I think if you've been a fat person for a long time, you become so desensitised and so used to the world trying to squeeze you, push you, ostracise you, alienate you, stare at you 
augment you, try and get more money from you. I remember going with Immendoors to a high street seller that sold plus-size clothes. It was like, oh, shall we just ask where it is? I'll be like, mm, it's definitely on the top floor at the back. <laughs> like, that's just where they always are. And then him realising, like, oh, there's a different set of clothes for you. <laughs> like, you don't get the same clothes as everybody else. You get a different set of clothes, often with butterflies and cut-out shoulders. It's so annoying! It's so annoying. So what I find interesting here, and I'm sorry that, you know, you're awakening and some of these difficult experiences that you're having, I'm not finding joy in, but oh, not reveling it. It's, it's a difficult one. I think there might be other fat people listening to this who might understand the sort of feeling that I'm talking about where I'm a bit like, yeah, yeah, that does happen. And yes, you are seeing it, perhaps for the first time. I think there will also be people, Lou, just to kind of put this out there, who will consider you not fat from some of the information that you've given us. And that's fine, because everybody has a very different definition of what is and what isn't something, you know. But I would definitely encourage you to look into, if that felt like a safe thing to do, the sort of difference between, like, fat privilege, as it's called, sort of, in fat activism, how being a certain size or shape means that sort of mainstream society is still available to you. Anyway, I'm waffling, but what I really love about this is the vulnerability of it. It's very new for you and you're thinking on your feet here. And I appreciate that vulnerability because that's what helps us have these conversations, isn't it? It's someone says, I'm thinking this thing and it hasn't fully formed. And that allows us to kind of like go on this train. So maybe you at home are listening to this and you're thinking, I want to respond to this. I disagree with you, Scotty. Or Lou, there's this thing that I think I want you to know. Then you know what to do. Pick up the blower. We'd love to have you in the room. Hi everyone in the pub. I just wanted to say that while you've all been going on about getting badges, I've now got a tote with Scotty's face on. Snooze you lose. Excuse me. Where did you get this unofficial merchandise from, please? Where? Where is it from? I know who this is. This is Maya who presses the buttons. I mean, I love the way these poor people that dedicate their lives... (laughs) to snipping and editing and talking with you lot and making you lot sound more cohesive than you actually fucking are. That's why I just debased their jobs to pressing the buttons. That's Maya from the team, who's gloating because Maya's been to a conference, I think, about radio. I mean, they will do a conference about anything, wouldn't they? A conference about podcasts. Can you imagine such a thing? And they were giving out... Oh, you can have whatever podcast logo you want on a fucking tote bag. Oh, yeah, printing my fucking face on it. Didn't ask me how I fucking felt about it, did they? Didn't ask me how I would... Do you mind if we use your lovely picture for tote bags? Probably cheap, probably going to break within a day anyway. Fucking chick. I tell you what, Kat, I tell you, let's get a picture of that on the Instagram and everybody else can see it and see how fucking outraged I am about the quality of it. Hiya, Scotty Babs, and hiya the rest of the team. I haven't said that in a long time. Of course, lovely Deb, and Kat, and Tim, and Maya, and Sylvia, Anastasia, whoever else you got on the staff nowadays. Oh, you keep multiplying like gremlins, I can't keep up. So, Wolverhampton Tourism. Oh! Well, it's going to be between me and Mira Sayal, isn't it, at the end of the day? And I don't fancy uh, Mira's chances, personally. Yes, 
I do always have workmen in. One, because I just get lonely. Two, I think he keeps the spirits away. You know, constant building work, call me sceptical. Now, it might be only me, but there was a belief back in the day that the devil won't move in if he thinks your house is unfinished. So if you left, like, a wall just all tatty and whatever have you, or I don't know, a bit of loose floorboard, he won't creep in and, um, I don't know, steal your biscuits, shat all over your living room floor or whatever he does. Well, Pauline, do I look like the sort of person who's going to have someone called Anastasia? I don't even know fucking people have got names longer than six letters. Anastasia? What does this look like? Some sort of like privately educated podcaster? Have you? No, thank you. No, it's just Debbie Tim Meyer and Cat. Thank you very much. Now, the devil won't come to your house if it's unfinished. You know what the first thing I thought of? That's why posh people are happy. If you go into posh people's houses, no, yes, this is a wild generalism, but you know what? Fuck it. Who gives a shit? They're always generalising about me. I'm going to fucking generalise about them. If you go into posh people's houses, very untidy, very unfinished, very unkept people, actually, I think you'll find. Do you know how I know this? Because my fucking family cleaned their houses for so many fucking years. Oh, they're a filthy bunch of arseholes. Oh, there's cat shit in the fucking bathroom. Oh, they don't know how to keep themselves. No, that's the thing. That's the one blessing about being common, actually, is that um, you don't grow up in that. Oh, it's filth. Oh, my God. My nan's really coming out. <laughs> I grew up, my nan used to tell me these things. She's just like, don't ever get like them. Jesus, they stink. <laughs> there's cat food up on the stage. It's a true fact. Oh, <laughs> like the worst thing to aspire to in my family was to be posh. <laughs> my mum thinks I'm posh because I've got a telly. I mean, that is where the, <laughs> the barometer actually is. Um, so maybe that's why we've got all the heebie-jeebies. Because our asses are really lovely. <laughs> so tenuous. <laughs> lovely to hear you, Pauline. Hi, it's Scotty. It's Pablo Griff calling from Vancouver, Canada. And I'm not going to cry. But I just listened to the carer's message on this week's show. And just like the challenge that he faces are so strong, but he takes it on on the chin. And I know soon I will be the carer for my mother because she's already hitting some of those things. And... The anxiety and the dauntingness of it is is palpable in some some days, and um, just hearing the way that he can talk about it so freely and so openly, and I'm sure that he's touching so many people and doesn't even realize it. And when he was talking about his mom, think, saying that he was a soft lad and didn't realize it was him, it just like it really hit me. And um, I know lots of people send out their love to care, but I want to thank him personally for like. Again, bringing out those kind of words and conversations that he gives are just really important for the people listening. And I just want to thank him personally that uh, it means a lot to me just to hear it. Um, And so keep on fighting the good fight. Um, Why do they say that? Why do they say keep on fighting the good fight? I guess the good fight because he's doing a good thing. Yeah, I guess I just 
just thought of that myself and just came to that realization. See, it's like you cry and then you laugh. It's really good. Anyway, hello to all the crew and everyone in the pub and everything as well. Sorry, I just went right into the rant. And Scotty, um, to piggyback on that, thank you for doing this podcast. It really means a lot to me and to other people. So take care of yourself. People out there love you. Tra. Oh, hi, gorgeous. What lovely. So generous. Such a generous message. Now, if you don't know what this is about, it's in regard to the carer who called up in the last episode, and it's one of the final calls. So if you haven't catched up, that's what we're talking about. Um, Yes, it is very touching. And what it sort of reminds me of is about the need for us to have these open chats with the people that we love about what they need, how they want to grow old, and what sort of version of care that they require. And the reason why I say this is because my mum, God bless her, she's worked with elders and sort of circumvented the care system, but working with like sheltered housing and working with elders within communities since I was probably about 13, 14. So she's done it for a very long time. And something that she's always says to me and my brother is like, this is how I want to go. This is what I want to happen. When things get like this, this is what I need. And actually, it's really helpful to keep on coming back to that conversation, however morbid, as things change and develop, because you are then have the skills to be able to, you know, enact the things that that person needs before, you know, the shit is actually hitting the fan in more ways than one, bless them. But you're also accustomed to having that conversation. I think there is something to do with grief that, I and mean, I've spoken about this before, about the very sort of Catholic Irish approach to grief where people like to talk about dying long before they're dying. <laughs> so when they die, and there's the whole Irish Catholic ceremony of dying, I think it makes that grief not easier, but more understandable. I wonder if the same thing can be applied here. Like if we preemptively have these conversations with people that we think we might take care duties with, or ask them, do you want me to be somebody that cares for you? You know, is that the shape of things? Do we understand it better? Are we able to navigate it better? I don't know. It's definitely a question for the room. Answers on the postcard, please. Good morning, Scotty. Guess who this is? I'm sure by now you know it's your mum. You can tell from the voice. Um, Good morning, producer Deb, or Deb is my lovely as I know her, myself, and the rest of the gang and everybody listening. I just wanted to ring in because I've been listening to loads. The caregiving thing because really resonates with me, as you well and truly know, all of my life doing that. But more importantly, one of the, the subjects that you're covering, mental health issues. And having a child with mental health, knowing that my son is struggling on occasions, is is very, very difficult to deal with, as you know, with the text messages. And then the, should I text? No, I shouldn't text, because then I know that he's worrying that I'm worrying about him. And I don't want to cause him any undue stress, because he's got enough going on, you know. So lots and lots of stuff around that. But when I think about you with mental health and the issues around that and how you're feeling... I think about that child that I took up to school holding your hand with your costume on that I had made, hand we'd handmade at home together. Pink and blue poncho comes to mind, which is an old blanket that we cut the centre out of. And then I painted your face, did your hair. Yeah, and I'm wondering, mm, did I cause all these problems? No, see, on a serious note, 
it's really, really difficult because as a mother and for your dad as well, we talk about you constantly. We worry about it. We want to put in place things to help you, but know that you have a lot of good people around you and tools. And I know that you've got them, that you'll pick them up, whether or not that's going out, walking, cycling, being on your own, going to a spa, having some space, but more importantly, having people around you that can check in with you and make sure that you're okay. And if you're not okay, then they need to give you that space to talk about when you're okay. Also, people really listening. I think that's really important, Scott, because I don't think a lot of us really listen to everyone or to listen to our friends when they're telling us because we're so ready to give them our solution to their problem. And I think that's what's needed. And to get rid of the stigma of mental health, my God, why wouldn't people be worrying about just the day-to-day living, fuel charges, the increase in energy, food costs, how people are going to live, COVID, coming through COVID, people reconnecting again, people not wanting to reconnect because they've enjoyed the space that they've been in, they believe, because they're alone and they don't have to upset anyone. Many a time I felt that way. Or if I'm not getting involved with anyone, I can't upset anyone, I can't, you know, they're not messing about with my mental health, I don't have to analyse everything I've said to them. So, yeah... For me, thinking about you like that reminds me of that little boy that I walked up the road. And I know, I'm not going to give away your age because you probably would hate me for doing that. Um, I know you're grown up now and really bright, articulate and funny and fabulous and and so good looking. But I still remember that little boy. And um, I just want you to carry on doing what you're doing and making people really aware of it. Yeah, I think that's me for now, love. Other than to say, love your loads, um, but you know that anyway. I won't text because I've done this now. That's me. That's my duty done. But you know, you're always, always at the forefront of my mind. And um, yeah, love your loads, me and dad and your brother. See you soon, son. Bye, love. <sighs> oh, God. <laughs> I think I just cried the whole way through that. <laughs> oh, well done, everybody. You fucking shut me up. <laughs> I am, just like Pablo, I am caught between laughing and crying. <laughs> it's quite quite the heady mix. Um, <laughs> can I just say that I really like that my mum was put on a posh voice. <laughs> Hello, star. <laughs> Oh, the joy, the joy, the absolute joy of having outdoor voice mum joining the party. Um, God, what? how generous, but also, you know, I think many of us can relate to this, many of us who live with the crazies and the mentors, that we can feel very isolated. We can experience loneliness in really profound ways. Knowing that we are loved, but there's a difference between hearing that so explicitly and hearing it in this public forum as well, which just um, is so uh, kind and generous. Because I think what um, Mum is trying to offer here is something for everybody, that we are... We all experience these things and we all need to be seen and heard, but we all find our own path through it. 
I, I, I mean, I was just talking about her, weren't I? Speak of the fucking devil and she shall appear is what we should have be, really been saying, Pauline. Well, thanks, Mum. I really appreciate that. And yes, I'll put in a call after this now. Oh, honestly, the producers of this, you bunch of fucking arseholes. <laughs> We've covered it all, haven't we? Masculinity, 90s fashion, CPTSD, my mum calling up, the devil, fat nurse getting on planes. If any of that has stirred you, please, please pick up the phone. We would love to have a chat with you. Open up WhatsApp, send us a voice note to this number. Zero seven double eight two hundred three four two zero. And that's it. That's it from me. I'm going to have another cup of tea, probably bring on a load more burp in and just thank you. Thanks to all of you, especially to my mum and the team, but all of you who this week I think has been a real week of generosity. There's been a lot of vulnerability, a lot of love. And so when you finish this thing, when it plays out and you've heard the theme tune and all of that, make sure you have a look out the window or get yourself a brew or have something nice. All right. See you next time. After the tone, after the tone, is presented by me, Scotty, produced by Debbie Colbride, Vice Producer Tim Bano, Assistant Producer Maya Miller Lewis, Digital Producer Capriel. After the tone is a Debbie production. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.